All right, rockers. Oh, God, I didn't even do that right. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it's summertime, baby. It's summertime. Seth and I have a favor to ask. If you are enjoying Extra Credit, the Rock You podcast, please do us a solid and go ahead and share it with friends. Also, if you rate and review it on whatever podcasting platform you listen, it will get to other people and that'd be good. We want more people to hear about this stuff that we think is so cool. So share, rate, review, and thank you. Hey, Rockers, welcome back to Extra Credit, the Rocky Podcast. I'm your co-host, Seth Hinckley, sitting here with my suntan lotion on. And I'm also sitting here with the Neil Sean to my Ainsley Dunbar, the man, the myth, the Parisian legend, Mr. Matt Black. Wow. Hey, Rockers, how you doing? I hope you're having a great summer. You should have you worked harder during the year. Wouldn't have had to go to summer school again, but... I'm taking off. I'm out of here. Well, dude, we we already did the road trip. That's right. I mean, we did that. So, I mean, I guess logically that means we got to go back home at some point, right? You got your sunscreen on, but I'm dressed in my traveling clothes. I got my lightweight sport jacket on with my passport in the pocket. Nice. Yeah. Going back home. And? I'm just trying I'm just trying to not get sunburned as I go to the airport. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so our our theme today? Our theme today is songs about home or coming home. That's right. And Seth, tell us why we are talking about homecomings today. Well, we chose that because, sadly, after five years, uh, my family and I are moving back to Houston, Texas, where we're from. But I want to tell our faithful listeners something. That does not mean this is the end of Extra Credit, the Rock You podcast. That's right. That's right. So the four of you don't have to worry. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So thanks to technology, we're going to keep doing this. And you, sh- uh, you shouldn't even notice. Seth's got it all worked out. It'll be seamless. You'll know. Well, you'll never hopefully, even know. I got it all worked. In out. In fact, Seth doesn't even realize I'm not here at the moment. He just he's looking at a cardboard cutout of me. I'm actually wait what <laughs> seven thousand miles away what? in northern Finland. So. <laughs> no, don't say sadly. You know, it may be sad that we're we're going to be sad to miss you, but I'm ga- you know. I'm, I'm happy to be yeah. going back home, but I'm sad to be leaving here. I mean, yeah. I have to say. Rock U has been such a great Aww. community for me and I think everybody else that's been in it will echo exactly what my words are. We love this place. Thank you. Thank Mark Heim. Thanks to Andy and Rory and the rest of the crew for doing all that they do to help us have so much fun together and play music and come together in groups that, you know, I never would have met half these people had it not been for yeah. this place. So You're not wrong. I mean, that's what I think a lot. When you're far from home, a community like this means quite a bit. And it really you, does. Your friends it become really your family does. in a way, and we're all we're all a big happy family here. So we are. Not always happy. No, we're always happy. Sure. We are. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's funny because you said that about going home, and I think that's a, a a quality of home of homecomings is there's a wistfulness to it. There's a bittersweet quality. Yeah, we're happy to be going home, but maybe not always. And maybe where you yeah. left was better. Or you know, or maybe where you left isn't better, but you miss it. Or maybe there, you missed home while you were away. And there are good parts yeah. about both places sometimes, and you, it's yeah. it's bittersweet. I is wonder, probably the best best yeah. way to put it. I wonder if that will be reflected in our top five list today. Uh, probably. Yeah. All, All right. right. So, but before we get started, dude. What are you wearing? I just told you I'm wearing my traveling clothes. I got my sport jacket on. So what's the? Do you have a t-shirt under your sport jacket? No, or no? usually a collared shirt. Uh, usually okay. a collared shirt. I have to say that I'm wearing my Austin City Limits t-shirt. Okay, 
Yeah, I got and one of those you're gonna have to you. you're gonna have to wait a little while to see why, but it'll be obvious here at the end of the show. So okay, I'm gonna surprise you now. You want to do an over under? I'm gonna say that the over under. I'm taking. I'm going zero point five. Then I'll take the over. You're gonna take the over. Yeah. Ooh, because yeah. I'm taking the under. Okay. Well, I'm gonna win this one. You I already think? know. I know. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know. I know. <laughs> Did you sneak a look at my no, list? No, I did not. Okay. All right. We'll you see. Told, you told me. <laughs> maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. Maybe you did. Maybe you Ooh-hoo. didn't. Ooh. Maybe I tried to throw you tricky. off. Tricky. Yeah. <laughs> that tricky Seth guy. All right. Criteria for your songs about home or coming home. Because, you know, you can get esoteric about home. I didn't really have strict criteria. I will say that home is complex, the concept of home. Yes. And when I made my, my you know, just to, my process is typically when we come up with a topic, immediately a couple of songs pop into my mind, sometimes a lot, sometimes just a few. Yeah. And as I think of new songs, I add them to a playlist. And then I just t- typically listen to that playlist on loop while I'm doing other stuff. You know, some songs will jump out. I'm like, yeah, I really like that one. And other songs, I'm just like, you know what? I thought of that song, but I just don't really like it that much. Yeah. Or I don't think it really belongs here. And um, so I didn't have criteria, but much more so than usual, the songs that ended up as my top five are the ones that made me feel a certain way. Okay. Rather than the ones I judged on some sort of analytical criteria, by, a, by analytical criteria. So right. that, was the, that was my criterion for this list. Was okay. How did they make me feel about home while I was listening? Okay, cool. Yours? You got criteria? Mine are just that the song is clearly about home or coming home or going home, however you want to put it. All right. So, are you going first? I think I'm going first this time. Okay. Okay. Your number five. So my number five was, for me, the most surprising one to make it to my top five because it was a song I thought of right away, but I don't really like the song that much. At least I didn't think I did. And the artist is someone that I actually respect quite a bit, okay. but I didn't really think was going to make it onto a top five list. But as I described it, the more I listened to I don't know, maybe I had at some point 30 or more songs on that list, the more I thought about it. Just like, I, I, this one kept surviving the cuts. And yeah. uh, it's Castle on the Hill by Ed Sheeran. Oh, okay, um, cool. Again, I've taught the song. I didn't particularly like it when I taught it. It's from 2017. Okay. And it describes his childhood home. It describes his childhood town, I should say, which is Framlingham. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's in Suffolk. And there is a castle called, shockingly enough, Framlingham Castle in this town. Okay. And the verses basically just detail episodes from his childhood. When he's a little kid and he's running away from his brother and his friends and he breaks his leg. When he's a little older and he's sneaking off to buy booze and cigarettes with his friends. Different yeah. things, his first kiss. Things that happen in his life. But the chorus is, I think this is the pre-chorus. Pre-chorus and the chorus. I'm on my way, driving at 90 down those country lanes, singing to Tiny Dancer. It's a nice song that references another song. Yeah. You use that one. And I miss <laughs> the way you make me feel and it's real. We watch the sunset over the castle on the hill. Yeah. It's really about his childhood. It's about his home. I got a couple things I want to say about Ed Sheeran. It's easy to hate on Ed Sheeran because he's so talented. It makes it look easy. He really does. He's a really remarkable songwriter. One of his most remarkable qualities is his humility. He makes fun of himself all the time. If you've seen the movie yesterday, yeah, brilliant. The way he takes takes himself down a couple of pegs. I saw him live in concert. He's a little guy. This was at a Zenith in Paris, so I'm, I don't know. Yeah. I think that's probably a five to 8,000 seat arena, maybe 10. And little guy on stage alone with an acoustic guitar, and he had everyone eating out of his hand for the whole time. Yeah. And what, about, what I loved is he uses looper pedals, and he makes mistakes with them sometimes, and he just laughs it off. He's not trying to be, he's not polishing, he's not cho- choreographing. He's a real yeah. person, and it comes through. He's a very talented guy. Like I said, he makes it look so easy, you almost lose sight of the fact that he's so talented. But what really 
really gets me about Castle on the Hill is his vocal performance. Often I think he's got strong melodies and it carries his voice, but uh, in this one, it's the performance. If you listen, if you really listen to the song and just listen to the tone of his voice and the emotion that comes through, I was really struck by it. And that's why I couldn't get it out of my top five. So Castle on the Hill by Ed Sheeran in my number five spot. My number five, not really a rock and roll song, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> it's all rock and roll. <laughs> it's all rock and roll. It's all right, still rock and roll to me. Yeah. yeah. It's I'm Coming Home by Robert Earl Keane. Fair enough. And it's one of the Very best. Very rock influenced uh, well, and, and vice versa. Kind of, yeah. Uh, it's one of the best songs about coming home that I've ever heard. And he likes it so much that he named his final tour after this song. My favorite version of this is on the album Number Two Live Dinner from 1995. You've referenced that before. Yeah. yeah. I love that record. It's, yeah. it's a great live record. The song is about being on the road and just wanting to come home to the one you love. My favorite verse out of this one is, I'm feeling better since I got your card. I read it over and over when the road gets hard. Ain't nothing better than your own backyard. I'm coming home to you. This one was originally released on the album Gringo Honeymoon. Gringo Honeymoon is another great song in 1994. But like I said, I think the definitive version is the one on number two, Live Dinner. Most of the album was recorded at John T. Floor's Country Store in Holotus, Texas, which is where his absolute last concert was. But this track and another track called Mariano were recorded at the Cactus Cafe Ballroom in Austin, Texas. And the funny thing is, in the liner notes, the stuff that was recorded at John T. Floor's Country Store is listed as the dinner, and the stuff that was recorded at Cactus Cafe Ballroom is listed as the dessert. (laughs) (laughs) And this record was produced by the great steel guitar player Lloyd Maines, whose daughter Natalie sings for the formerly Dixie Chicks, now currently the Chicks. That's my number five. It's a great song. All right, what's your number four? Well, get the bell ready. Okay. Okay, because I'm pretty sure I win the over-under on this on this one. All right. My number four is Lights by Journey. Ding, 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 there ding, 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 ding. And the clue was the name of the drummer you chose because that was his ah. last album with Journey. Yes, it was. He was replaced by somebody whose name I've forgotten. Um, <laughs> uh, Lights by Journey, one of Steve Perry's first songs with the band and written, I think, entirely or at least primarily by Steve Perry. Steve Perry had just joined Journey. What I read was that the producer listened to his demo tape and after 10 seconds said, has the guy, let's hire him. No, no, no more a, about that. But There's a reason why he's known as The Voice. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll just say a few things and then let you yeah. let you finish it up. All right, where is it at? Where is it on your list? It's my number three. It's number three, okay. So we're, we're not well, far I can move it. I can move it to number four. Off. Move it to number four. I just can so switch we, it to we, number so four. So we stay seamless, okay. Yeah. So... Uh, Steve Perry originally wrote the song about L.A. So the right, the yeah. lyric and the uh, when the lights go down in the city and the sun shines on the bay was initially and the sun shines on L.A. Right. Uh, but Journey was from San Francisco, and this is what Steve Perry said about it: I had the song written in Los Angeles almost completely, except for the bridge, and it was written about Los Angeles. It was when the lights go down in the city and the sun shines on L.A. I didn't like the way it sounded at the time. So I just had it sitting back in the corner. Then life changed my plans once again, and I was now facing joining Journey. I love San Francisco, the Bay, and the whole thing. The Bay fits so nice. When the lights go down in the city and the sun shines on the Bay, it was one of those early morning going across the bridge things when the sun was coming up and the lights were going down. It was perfect. I'm not sure how many of the original members of Journey are from San Francisco. I know the bass player was, yeah. Lost Valerie. I'm not sure if the other ones were, but maybe from places in California that weren't far away. But Journey is a band that's very closely associated with San Francisco. 
And, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. San Francisco has some pretty spectacular sunsets with all that water in every direction and bridges and all kinds of cool things to look at. It's just a really nice song. You can't listen to this song and not feel what they feel about San Francisco and how much it means to them, not to mention a great summer song. So my number four is Lights, and now it's your number four, too, so tell it's, me what you want to add to that. my number four. The only thing I was going to I pulled that Steve Perry quote, too. I, yeah. I, I thought that was awesome. The only thing I was going to add to it is kind of a personal note. Growing up close to Galveston, Texas, where Galveston Bay, when I heard that song growing up, I had never been outside of Texas, let alone to San Francisco to see a bay like that. But I knew what the sun looked like coming up and going down on Galveston Bay. And so I kind of thought, you know, that song could kind of be about where I'm from too, but not really. But <laughs> after after having been to San Francisco and seen San Francisco Bay, it's a little bit different because the water in Galveston is kind of muddy. And it's not kind of clear, <laughs> and, you know. And you yeah. see oil tankers going into to the Ship Channel in Houston. It's not the same vibe, no, like not. not at all. <laughs> so should I go to my number three? Sure. Yeah. My number three is Our House by Madness. Nice from 1982. One. That's on my honorable mentions yeah, list. Their biggest U.S. hit. They were huge in the U.K., but they did They're not. Have awesome band. Awesome band. Ska, so, ska such pop good band. Stuff. But they didn't quite have the same popularity in yeah, the US. It didn't cross the, song. Yeah, yeah, it didn't cross the pond except for this Except song. for this song, Our House. It's a reminiscence about a childhood home and the different characters, the brothers, the sisters, the mother, the father, the neighborhood, what the house was like, what it was like living in the house. And the singer, Chaz Smash, is his nickname. Thal Smith is his real name or Smythe, maybe. And the guitarist, Chris Foreman, wrote the song. But Chaz Smash said, Our House grew from the idea that each band member would write about his family. No one else bothered. I did. So, uh, <laughs> I guess it's mostly about his house. I've performed this one. I love to, to just listen to it. It's a lot of fun. There's nothing hidden about it. It's just, this is our house. This is what growing up was like. In the and middle of our street. In the middle of our street. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's, it's a great tune. So it is very, very much about home. So that's right. my number three. So my adjusted number three, <laughs> which was number four, is Take Me Home by Phil Collins on No Jacket Required from 1985. And I know I'm probably going to get a little backlash in the feedback from some folks who are like, oh, Phil puts out clunkers. Well, this, <laughs> this wasn't one of them. It reached number seven on the U.S. charts. And I like this one because the bass... B-A-S-E of the song, mm -hmm. not B-A-S-S, right. is the drums with the heavily affected guitars and piccolo bass, as well as a regular bass, in the background. I've never heard of is it a bass piccolo or a piccolo bass? Piccolo bass, Leland Sklar, who has played bass for almost as many people as Carol Kay. Literally, if you listen to a track and you're like, I don't know who the bass player is, your first two guesses should be Carol Kay and Leland Sklar. I'll have to check out what a piccolo bass is. Yeah, he played that. So I'm guessing it's the not bass. a piccolo right. that's bass, but it's a bass guitar that is a piccolo bass. A lot of good musicians on this record, and Phil got some of his good friends to sing backup on this song, namely Peter Gabriel and Sting. Nice. <laughs> Not too shabby a song, so my adjusted number three, Take Me Home by Phil Collins. Cool. So you're on number, number two. two. Okay. okay. So this song I think is could be kind of obscure. I'm not sure how many people will know it, and I don't really know why I feel like it's about home, but I do. It's from 2003, and it's a song called Now It's On 
by the band Granddaddy. And never uh, heard of it. Yeah, I didn't expect so. I don't even know where I found it, but it's a great, great song. Granddaddy's a great, great band, and I encourage you to go listen to the song if you like it. Listen to the rest of their stuff. The lyrics of the first verse and the chorus are: I wouldn't trade my place. I got no reason to be weathered and withering like in the season of the old me. Then the chorus comes in really strong. Bust the lock off the front door. Once you're outside, you won't want to hide anymore. Light the light on the front porch. Once it's on, you never want to turn it off anymore. And now it's on. I don't really know what that means, but I know how it makes me feel. I have this very strong image of a house, maybe on a hill overlooking a lake and a person coming alive in some way. And their feelings associated with that home. Again, this is probably the least direct link to the concept of home or homecoming, but I always feel very strongly about home when I hear this song. And mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a beautiful song. It's just a great song. I mean, yeah. most of these songs are, well, with one exception, I don't I don't really love the Ed Sheeran song that much. I just think I love the performance. But the songs I'm, I've got here today are songs that just make me feel a certain way, and this one does. So Now It's On by Granddaddy. Cool. From 2003. So my number two mm. is Take the Long Way Home by Supertramp off Breakfast in America from 1979. The mournful harmonica intro as well as the awesome clarinet solo really make this song. Roger Hodgson, who is the singer for Supertramp and the guy that wrote this song said that this one deals with how the desire to go home can run both ways. So here's one that's definitely bittersweet. He said, I'm talking about not wanting to go home to the wife. Take the long way home to the wife because she treats you like part of the furniture. But there's a deeper level to the song too. I really believe we all want to find our home. Find that place in us where we feel at home. And to me, home is in the heart. And that is really when we are in touch with our heart and we're living our life from the heart, then we do feel like we found our home. He went on to say, Take the Long Way Home is a metaphor for the universal journey of self-discovery. The song is a vehicle for reflection in which the sometimes disappointing realities in our grown-up lives can reflect in a not-so-positive way on the hopeful idealism of our youth. A lot of my songs have multi-levels, and the deeper meaning to this song is about taking the long way home to our true home, that place of real connection inside our heart. Very cool. It's a deep song, but uh, man, a tour de force on the music in this one. Really, mm, really good. Definitely. Super All right. Tramp is always big stuff. Yeah, they do a great job with integrating instruments you wouldn't think that would be in a rock song into a rock song. My Ultimate, number one. Number one first, song about home. First hit me. song I thought of, it wasn't even close. And actually, it's a song that I perform regularly. And I always start off by saying this song is for all you who are far from home. Yeah. It's probably the oldest song we've referred to on this podcast and one of the most influential. It's Sweet Home Chicago by there Robert you Johnson. Go. There we go. Yeah. First of all, a couple things. This song has a very complicated origin story and copyright history. There is a clearly more than similar, basically an identical song with a few lyrical changes called Kokomo Blues, and it appears in different versions with different titles. There are many offshoots and versions and antecedents and precedents, and uh, (laughs) Kokomo Blues may have originated from an earlier version of Sweet Home Chicago. They may both have shared an earlier origin. Pretty unclear. So Uh, the history is muddy on this The history is muddy is a good word because it's Delta Blues. So (laughs) uh, the history is quite muddy. It was copyrighted as written by Robert Johnson, but there's an interesting side story to that, which I'm going to get 
get to in a second. Well, actually, when, I get to it now. When was so, the copyright filed? Well, I don't know when it was filed, but the song was recorded, written and recorded in 1936. Ah, okay. So a man named Stephen Levere bought 50% of all the rights to Robert Johnson's published work from his elderly half-sister, Carrie Thompson. He was largely regarded to have basically scammed her into selling, yeah. selling them for yeah. nothing. And he's fiercely protective of these copyrights, but he has never yet sued anyone for using Sweet Home Chicago. Clearly, he knows he wouldn't win because Sweet Home Chicago is probably not in any court of law considered an original song by Robert Johnson. Yeah. Easy to prove that it's not. Anyway, let's get back to Sweet Home Chicago. It's also got some really unclear geography, partially because in the other versions it's Sweet Home Kokomo, partially because it refers to California in some versions, partially because Robert Johnson had, I think, an uncle who was from Port Chicago, California. Okay. Really unclear what... what <laughs> What Chicago means, what California means, what this song is about, but it does have a fairly strong association with two things, with Depression-era migration, which is a fairly yeah. common theme in music of the time, but also many, many black Americans who moved from the Reconstruction South to northern cities like Chicago. Like Detroit, Chicago, Kansas yeah. City. And it probably refers to that, you know, wanting a better life. But there's not that many lyrics in the song. It's mostly about a feeling, but when it, you hear the Sweet Home Chicago repeated over and over again, you get the sense that it's about home. A song Side note before I talk about Robert Johnson, who needs to be talked about. President Obama sang this song with B.B. King and Buddy Guy at the White House. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's a great video. All right. There are great videos. He's got a pretty good voice. Okay. <laughs> let's take a minute, even though it's not about the song, let's take a minute to talk about Robert Johnson. He's a very interesting and influential character in rock and roll. And many people may know that the song Crossroads right. is written about Robert Johnson and refers to the legend that at some desolate crossroads in the South, he sold his soul to the devil to in exchange to be able to play the guitar. Yeah. He is hugely influential to a lot of rock and roll stars who are giants. Oh, yeah. First of all, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame called him the first ever rock star, and he was inducted into the first class along with, get this list of names, Elvis Presley, James Brown, Little Richards, Fats Domino, Ray Charles, Chuck Berry, Sam Cooke, the Everly Brothers, Buddy Holly, and Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah. That's pretty good company. That's uh, um, great again, company. He remains an enigmatic figure. Uh, well, actually, let me talk about some of the people that called him an influence. Eric Clapton called him the most important blues singer that ever lived. And he said his, that his singing was the most powerful cry that I think you can find in the human voice. Keith Richards said, you want to know how good the blues can get? Well, this is it. Keith Richards first learned about him through his Rolling Stones bandmate, Brian Jones, listened to his guitar, and he asked Brian Jones, who's the other guy playing guitar? Because he sounded like two guitars. Yeah. He innovated all kinds of techniques into both the way he arpeggiated and the way he used his thumb to make a walking bass line that hadn't really been heard in popular music, at least, although it's probably being played in Delta Blues circles that weren't oh, yeah. necessarily recorded for a long mm -hmm. time. He said, I was hearing two guitars, and it took a long time to actually realize he was doing it all by himself. Robert Johnson was like an orchestra all by himself. Bob Dylan said, in about 1964 and 65, I probably used about five or six of Robert Johnson's blues song forms too, unconsciously, but more on the lyrical imagery side of things. If I hadn't heard the Robert Johnson record when I did, there probably would have been hundreds of lines of mine that would have been shut down, that I wouldn't have felt free enough or unpraised enough to write. I don't know what he means by unpraised. His code of language is like nothing I'd heard before. All this influence is despite the fact that he only had two recording sessions in his entire life. Right, yeah. 29 songs in all. And he died at age 27, one of the first members of, of the, the 27, 27 Club. Club. Yep. He may have been poisoned by a rival. He may have had something called Marfan syndrome, which led to heart problems. There's a, a huge mystery and an enigma, again, you know, amped up by the whole crossroads myth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, the whole myth goes into the story when he died yeah. young and nobody yeah. knows why. And yeah, it's but crazy. Just an enormously influential person for such a tiny amount of output, of recorded yeah. output. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. There's a lot more to it. I urge you all to go down a rabbit hole on Robert Johnson for a couple hours and just learn more about him. There's, your there's so many bands that have gone through and taken so much inspiration from him. Well, or inspiration from others who took inspiration from right. him. Right, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, The yeah. whole, I mean, all the blues influences in rock and roll, are, you know, you can't take that out. So, yeah. Totally. So, Sweet Home Chicago. What's your number one, Seth? All right, my ultimate song about home or coming home is Salisbury Hill by Peter nice. Gabriel. It's on one of the many albums that is titled Peter, Peter Gabriel, Gabriel. <laughs> but it's the first one, and it's the one that's referred to as Car because of what's on the cover. This was actually his debut solo single. Not too shabby for the first one out of the box. It hit number 13 on the UK singles chart and number 68 on the Billboard Hot 100. He wrote the song about a spiritual experience atop Little Salisbury Hill in Somerset, England, after he left Genesis, the band that he founded. He said, it's about being prepared to lose what you have for what you might get. It's about letting go. Now, the song is mostly in 7-4 time, which gives the song a constant sense of struggle. But it goes into 4-4 time only for the last two measures of each chorus, where it feels a bit more solid and where the lyrics mention home. And I think that's completely intentional. Now, there's some interesting facts about how they got the unique drum sounds on this record. Rather than employ a full drum kit, Alan Schwartzberg had a shaker in one hand and a drumstick in the other, that he used to hit a telephone book. <laughs> yeah. And for additional rhythmic textures, allegedly Larry Fast constructed a fake drum kit on his keyboard, which he dubbed the synthabam. <laughs> I love that word. Yeah, it's great. Although the liner notes credit percussionist Jimmy Malin as creating that instrument. Salisbury Hill, the one line that gets me is in the last chorus where he changes the lyric up just a little bit. And he says, you can keep my things. They've mm. come to take me home. Yeah. I just great, love great that song. One. Great choice. All right. What do you have for honorable, honorable mentions? mentions? Okay. Well, let's start with Beatles because you got to do that. Because <laughs> you uh, have to. Yeah. just uh, But it's honorable mentions, so I'm just going to breeze through them. So Strawberry Fields Forever and Penny Lane released yeah. as a double A side. Strawberry Fields Forever by John Lennon, Penny Lane by Paul McCartney, both reminiscing about their childhoods in Liverpool in a very typical way for each songwriter, how they approach the topic. Yeah. Also, Two of Us by the Beatles, two of us uh, on our way yeah. back home, which was, of course, about them, their relationship. I like the concept referred to in some of these other songs, too, about how the home is actually a person. And You're My Home yeah. by Billy Joel is one of the best songs that shows that. I love the song 2,000 Miles by Pretenders, but I really think of it more as a holiday song, not as a home song. Yeah. could have gone either way. I love This Must Be the Place by Talking Heads. That's an interesting uh, song about home. Talked about this in the Road Trip episode, too, or maybe I didn't talk about it. Maybe I cut it off, but you can't talk about home without talking about Take Me Home Country Roads by John Denver. Oh, um, yeah. Only problem is, it's a much better song when you sing it with friends around a campfire than it is when you listen to the recorded track and you're like, ooh, that's actually not that good. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's one where you kind of have to be yeah. live and sing along well, with whoever's playing. There's a lot of schmaltz in the actual recorded track, a lot of strings and stuff, and it just doesn't, it's not, not as good. Kind of a cliched choice, Home by Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. I just, there's something about this song that irritates me just slightly enough to keep it off my top five. <laughs> 
Uh, just it just enough. scratches you the wrong way, just, just wrong a little way. bit. You know, a couple fairly obvious choices, but they're worth mentioning. Small Town by John Mellencamp. That's uh, on My mine. Hometown by Bruce Springsteen. Our House by Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and Young, which is not that good. Coming Home by uh, Leon Bridges, a few others. And then a couple that just remind us that home isn't always the most comfortable place. One of my favorite songs on this list is Small Town Boy by Bronski Beat. Yeah. Um, Back to the Old House by The Smiths is another good one. Yeah. And My City Was Gone by The Pretenders, all... Yeah. Similar era, but about not being so happy about the way home is, uh, right. either is or was. Um, those are my honorable mentions. What do you got? I'm going to run through this list, which some of them were on your list too. A Small Town by John Mellencamp, Our House, both versions by CSNY and by Madness that was on your mm-hmm. list. A Sort of Homecoming by U2. Mm. It's kind of vaguely referenced, which is why it didn't make my top five list, but it's still a good song about that. It's um, right there in the title. <laughs> I know. I know. There's a song called Home by Philip Phillips that is a pretty good song. And then this one's off an album that we don't mention, but is one of the best albums of all time, was Tapestry by Carole King. Hmm. And there's a song on there called Home Again. Hmm. And I like Carole King's version, but there's another version by a guy named Curtis Steiger's that was on a compilation album called Tapestry Revisited. If you like Tapestry by Carol King, I encourage you to go look up Tapestry cool. Revisited because each track is redone by a different artist and all of them are really good. There's a song called Where I Belong by Switchfoot, which mm. to me, it brings up home. And when I started listening to that song, I thought about the song Somewhere I Belong by Linkin Park. And then I listened to that one and I was like, wow, it's kind of depressive mm. and it doesn't bring up home for me. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of two sides of that same coin with those two songs. And then I'm finally going to get to my shirt. Mm. The theme song of the TV show, Austin City Limits. <laughs> is a song called London Homesick Blues by a guy named Jerry Jeff Walker. And you don't get more Texas country than that. All right. And it's a song about being in London and just wanting to, quote, be back home in a Texas bar. So if you guys don't know that song, it's a fun song. You'll like the lyrics. It's a really good story. Go listen to London Homesick Blues by Jerry Jeff. Cool. That's a wrap, Seth. I know. Our last face-to-face episode. Well, maybe, maybe. not our last maybe. face-to-face maybe we'll have a, episode. Maybe we'll, we'll have a chance to do another one of these again, but we won't stop making episodes. Exactly. We'll just stop being in the same room when we do them. That's right. So, That's right. Safe trip home. Thank you, brother. Appreciate everything that you do for Rock You, and we're going to keep this going, so you guys keep listening. Thank all you right? for creating extra credit. The Rock You <laughs> podcast is all you. I get all the glory and all the blame. <laughs> and all the money. Wait, there is none. What? All, all, all none of it? All none of it. If you want to listen to the songs that we mentioned on this podcast in their entirety, check out the Spotify playlist that we've got in the show notes to hear them all. So was there something on this podcast that you wanted to talk to us about? Did we get something wrong? Do you not agree with some of the stuff that we said? Then you need to email us at podcast at rock-u.fr. Extra credit, the Rock You podcast is brought to you with support from our partners at Big Pebble Records. 
Big Pebble Records is your one-stop shop for all music production in Paris. Everything from the composition to the creative side, to the recording and engineering, to the mixing and mastering, to the distribution and publication and publicity. Check them out at www.bigpebblerecords.com. And of course, you will hear lots of Rock You musicians on that label. Extra Credit, the Rock You podcast, is a production of Rock You. Expertly engineered and recorded by my good friend Seth Hinkley. And our theme music is written and produced by Tom Walters. Rock You is a nonprofit association, Loi 1901, and we'll see you next time.